everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I am Catherine Druckmann. Today, I am talking to Doc Searles and Sean Powers and Petros Katupis because, and we're, we're a little sad that we're missing Kyle, but hey, Kyle, Kyle's busy. And anyway, so today, among other things, we are celebrating the fact that this is our 100th episode. We can't believe we've gotten this far. Wow. And it's almost got, I mean, it's almost 100 hours because most of our episodes are nearly an hour. Uh, that's, that's a lot a of stuff. Time. That's a lot of uh, pontificating lot of out into the ether. A lot of Speaking content, of ether, we'll get say. we'll get that we'll get back to that. Yeah. But does that make us influencers um, now? Are we? Influencers? Yeah, I, or flatulencers? I think is more. Well, like okay, that's well, okay. you've been an influencer like for a long time. Remember I, when people used to recognize you for your hair, Sean? It's it's true, and now most of it has fallen out. Yeah, I so. know. Yeah. Yeah, Same here. Know we're the. the uh, <laughs> I'm missing mine. The yeah. testosterone so poisoned ones on this call are are, are losing it. <laughs> I've still got mine mostly. All I mean, burned off. In my case, it's probably have too much. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't know if I should the that universe out. has a horrible sense of humor. Right? It's horrible, right? What the hell? Um, so, so yeah. So one of the things I was just about to say, but I didn't want to go off record because it's funny. Uh, one of our, I think, our most popular episode ever. The title was Destroy This Podcast. <laughs> and I don't know if I should take that personally What's, or if it's was, just. I was, uh, we I was talking on about that. a lot of things. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was I, Petros. Yeah, I think it, we were talking, if you read the description, it's like we talk about ownership and open source and stuff. The concept of ownership, like what does it mean to really own something? Mm. Which is always an interesting conversation, frankly, because a lot of, you know, that, that definition changes. It seems to be very fluid, right? Um, my most so, popular yeah, that, that ever YouTube video popular. is how to break into my van. So I'm just not sure that the world is prepared for well, uh, really good quality content. Well, I'm concerned about that, Sean. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. you actually like t- showed people how to break into your van? Yeah, it's, it's true because I locked the keys in the car. And I mean, it's an old video. It's like 14 years old, but it's gotten more hits than like all the other videos on my YouTube channel combined. And I like yeah, used I a I used a cutting board like one of those cheap thin plastic cutting boards and a string and I unlocked it and made a horrible video of it and it got yeah so I'd be concerned. That's funny. Yeah, well, I'm I don't, a I don't nervous. have the van anymore. How many vans are getting broken into now because of you? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. quite a few based on the comments. They claim That's... that it's their own van, but you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> All of a sudden, wink, wink. van thefts, you know, skyrocket. I'm like, I'm the Dodge Caravan, like a miser of northern Michigan here. I just have like, like a yard full of them. I steal them and mm. boy, this podcast took be... a dark turn. A, oh, yeah. well, it could be a lot worse. I mean, I, I feel like we, we have to point out and talk about the elephant in the room that is the whole world is going. Yeah, this is, I, I, will this be known as 224 or 24-2, depending on where you are? um to, oh, yeah, for, maybe. for those listening in the future um which is tomorrow which actually is, which is, we're which recording is tomorrow, this kind of late tomorrow is when this goes up yesterday is when russia was enlarged by one ukraine and that's that and i i was thinking back at you know there, there are these moments you know 9-11 was one of them the kennedy assassination was one um there have been a number of these i think this is on that scale i think what happened even though it was we knew it was going to happen. Um, uh, it was it was likely to happen. I mean, you don't assemble that many troops around a country for no purpose at all. It still it upsets the world order and um, throws the world into a kind of chaos. And so that's a 
that's a an interesting thing and it's particularly disturbing too and i mean this isn't getting political it's just recognizing that uh the us is so divided right now that having global chaos happen is even more unsettling well yeah. for, so, you know so i have a i, I will I will breach a little bit of a confidence in a way. My, my sister is a retired Navy commander and a, got her master's from the Navy War College and studies this stuff. And she sees the, the new divide between those who favor democracy and those that favor authoritarians. And I think that's the divide here. I think that's the divide in the US. We've, we have the authoritarian uh, former president and sympathy with him and with Putin for that matter. And with Russia on the one side, and with Bolsonaro and and the other guys that are that that uh, Duterte and others that Trump like, and on the other side is democracy, and we even had a little laboratory on that in our own country, and that's a really interesting thing. And I think that's a that is a kind of a new divide, actually, right now. I, I, and I don't think that uh, people would identify with those two sides. No, I don't think they will either, but I think that's, that's what my sister thinks is going to sort out. Yeah. Or at least she, she sees that as the challenge now, that we we have to confront authoritarianism with democracy. It, and, but as a nation right now on Twitter, Putin is trending, yeah, not right. Putin. Putin is so right. I'm not sure that, uh, that we're at a state yeah. to have good conversations about such things as a nation. I yeah. don't know. I, that, that, that's going down a dark road. So uh, let's just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I wonder, like, is the poutine misinformation? <laughs> is yeah, somebody out there it, just trying to disparage Canada? It's, yeah, it's, or, or, you know, gravy. It's mistakenation, you know, it, it, uh, getting it wrong. <laughs> you know, it, it's what it's about, you know. I mean, there's a lot that's sort of weirdly, like, you're, you're actually, Catherine, you're actually, like, tethered into a, a different port than you normally are. I had mail problems to, for the last few days, but I... I called M-A-I-L? M-A-I-L, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah the, the other kind of just out, you know, I'm old. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, uh, uh, but with Apple, I, I called Apple Care with, and, um, and normally if you have an Apple anything and you have problems, they want to do screen sharing with you, which is really helpful actually. So they could see what's going on and help you walk you through whatever the solution is. And that was broken, like for all of Apple Care, they nobody could do the screen sharing thing. I've never had Apple Care screen share with me. Oh, I, you have never called tech support, but yeah, well, you I probably don't. Maybe thing. you don't need to. I do. I'm lame. And yeah, that wasn't a humble brag. I was a little bit worried that maybe like you, you were talking to somebody who wasn't from Apple. They're like, no, no, no. I need you to log into I your think, bank now while we're think, here watching. <laughs> I think telephony still works to some degree. You know, you call a number, you're probably going to get that number. Um, and the music on hold was definitely the choice of the three things. And, uh, and they haven't charged me in years. I mean, it's kind of interesting. They never charged me. They never, and so I've never, I've not had Apple care for a long time. It doesn't seem no, to make I, any difference. I buy Apple care with all my Apple products. I just have never <laughs> needed to use it. Yeah. It's interesting. I buy it with laptops only figure anything else. Yeah, worth it. I don't, I did long time ago. I buy it for phones because I don't buy it for phones anymore. Well, I, I paid like thirteen hundred dollars for my phone. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you, you get it free for a year. Just saying it out loud. But and yeah, but that's anyway. the uh, the price of a MacBook Air. I mean, you're yeah. you're 
Yeah. Why, why buy for the laptop and not the phone if they're the same price? But you have to do some pretty serious damage well, to here, it more than thing, once to justify Apple Care. But here's a trick with Apple Care: if you have it for one device and it's te- it's connected to other devices, they'll they'll let you go for the other devices. Really? I see. I didn't really? know that either. Absolutely. Yep. And here's Doc teaching us how to hack the world. Yeah, it's it's a light hack, and I don't know if it's still working. It was case a couple two three years ago. I think with me, they just say, geez, you seem to have been a a customer for 40 years. So maybe we're, so can I, can I do something that we never do in this podcast and, and talk about Apple for another second? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Before we, we actually do have a topic. Just we so do. hang in so, there. We're going to talk yeah, about we stuff, we'll but quick, go ahead. I think this is, I think this is a good question. So um, I'm, this year I've been redoing my entire home automation thing, right? Like I used to have a Samsung smart things hub and, and I hate it and it's all cloud-based and I moved all to local um, home assistant stuff. It's local. It runs in my house. It doesn't use the cloud at all. Right. So see, this fits into the podcast, but totally. Um, I also want to talk to the little robots in my house to tell them so that they can turn on my lights and stuff. Right. My question is, how do people feel about, there's Google Home, there's Amazon Alexa, and then there's the HomePod from Apple. As far as privacy stuff goes, do you guys think it matters at all where you go? I, I think uh, it matters. I, 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 I think would, it matters, yeah. I think it matters. I think, I think at least Apple is promising to make it private to some degree where the others don't. That's what I, I wonder. Think, I mean, I think they at least make an effort how successful it is. You know, that's yeah. I mean, I, that's what they say. I just wonder if it's lip service. You know, I mean, I, well, I, I, I think it might be marginally better. It's not going to be perfect for sure. It will be. There will always be problems. I mean, air it, 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 without but, the cloud um, reliance. I mean, I, 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 I mean, mean, that I, part always uses the cloud, right? Because it, the the we don't have the processing power to do voice recognition locally on the devices yet. At least not well. Hmm. So, I mean, all of that processing, I believe, is done remotely. Like Siri, when you say, hey, Siri, I think she, you know, queries the mother planet and determines what you say. Yeah, I think so, too. But I look, I'm, I'm not a fan of any of the giant companies, but the it is in Apple's interest in competing with Google and Amazon and Facebook to differentiate by being you know, being committed to the privacy of their customers and, and guess, we, and yeah. we pay them, we pay them for that stuff. Yeah. And they're not, they're not, the, we're not the product, I guess. We are, we are, cust- we are customers. We're not the product. And um, that, that doesn't make them perfect or, tr- or fully trustworthy, but I don't think it's r- quite right to lump them in with the others. Maybe they don't have the financial motivation that the others they don't. I mean, they're you know, what a $2 trillion company and they're, you know, rocking away. So, so I might buy one yeah. of those little home pod things and see how that works with turning my lights on and off. We'll see how that goes. I've actually considered it as well as a, an option. I, I rejected, I had, you know, Amazon devices for a while and I just, uh, they're not, I, I, they're not I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how it works. I know it exists. The home pod. Yeah. What yeah it? It, same sort of thing. It just integrates with Apple products and home kit products. And it's just, like the others from what i can tell it's like the others but the other thing too though is i think it integrates with like if you have an apple watch like you could actually tell your watch to turn on the lights so that's i'm gonna try that That i'll I'll report back let us know yeah Yeah. here's the question i mean though does it how i mean the home pod is like a like a little alexa thing or Mm -hmm. you know what 
I mean, as far as I know, it's a it's it's a it's a it's a grapefruit with a speaker and an electric grapefruit that acts like a you know like an Alexa, only not as good because it's not tied into the cloud and spying on you all the time. But I don't know how how it controls your lights and stuff. How, how does it do that? It's a it's called HomeKit, and it has like a, a built in. So it actually has its own thing. Like you can buy HomeKit products like mm. light fixtures and stuff and mm. it scans them in and they're on wi-fi and like it just controls it i'm actually already using a different platform called home assistant that's all local inside my house but but you can integrate HomePod into that so so my alexa will turn on the living room lights that it got from home assistant like i just integrated and then it just sees them and so it will know that those things exist and it will send a signal to my home assistant platform to turn the lights on and off. So and, uh, do you have any, yeah, go ahead. So I'm, I'm wondering, so now that we're, <laughs> I actually really enjoy the home automation conversation, even though I don't do a lot of it myself. Um, do you have any like particularly trusted devices or brand? Like, so here's my concern always, you know, if I, I buy some connected outlet or something, I don't know what the hell's in that thing. I sound yeah. like super, like a paranoid tinfoil hatter or something, but, but I, I'm always like, do I trust this brand to connect to my, uh, you know, home automation network in that way? Or do I not? Yeah. So what I, 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 Is that a valid like concern? Use, so there's, there's Wi-Fi devices. I'm always yeah. a little more suspicious about. Yes, exactly. Me too. Um, that said like a Wemo from Belkin seems to be pretty decent. I, I do have, have one couple, of those. I only have a couple <laughs> have of, of those. those that they integrate right with home assistant, but the thing about home assistant, and I feel like this is like an ad for home assistant, but uh, it's open source um, and it all runs locally. There's no cloud component to it. Right. So um, when you connect to things like Z-Wave or Zigbee or all those other things, it doesn't leave. I mean, it, it, it uses its own um, wireless frequencies. So it doesn't, connect to the yes. internet at all it's uh -huh. just yeah. internal so um pretty much anything that z-wave or zigbee or um well there's some more complicated stuff but then this will turn into a complete tech podcast where well like, yeah that, that's our next our next stuff cool. a future episode we need to do actually well, an episode. I, I, I do have an answer to your question about what who you trust and um trust sean no trust sean <laughs> i trust everything that sean says um is sonos um I've been a customer of Sonos since they started in Santa Barbara in like 2005 yeah. or six. And, um, and their customer support has been really good. Um, I'm not crazy about all their products. I don't like sound bars. I think they give you wide mono. Um, I have thoughts but, on Sonos too, Doc. So go ahead. All right. then... gonna, so yeah, that, okay. But basically, I mean, they started out there in Santa Barbara and Cambridge, Mass. And those are the two places I lived at the time. And, and I met with them and talked with them often. They seemed like great people. So, and at the time I talked a little bit about them in Linux journal because they were Linux based for a lot of the stuff that they did, even though, you know, their, their actual, you know, UI was proprietary, but, you know, and they've been pretty good about replacing stuff that's failed for me. So, okay. They, um... So, so what's the complaint? So first of all, I, I probably have $10,000 worth of Sonos equipment all over my uh... house. And you're a better is, customer um, than me. it's amazing, right? I mean, the, the sound quality has always been amazing. The issue is they try to outmode their old products and they got such blowback that they actually had to backpedal, but yeah, all the, so all the original Sonos products that I bought the $10,000 worth, uh, it, it's probably more like 
$6,000 worth, I guess, if I'm doing the math in my head. But anyway, it was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to make them just not work anymore. Like, up, oh, it's time to upgrade. Like, upgrade. I spent I spent like $1,200 on this uh, sound bar with subwoofer and like satellite speaker system for mm-hmm. my, my movie theater. And they wanted it to just no longer work at all. Jesus. Well, that sort of not reminds me cool. how... Uh... How um, hardware manufacturers managed uh, mobile phones, you know, early Android phones. All of a sudden, after about 18 months, maybe even less than that, after a year, they'd stop updating it. And all of a sudden, you know, it just yeah. wasn't working right or correctly anymore. And you were sort of forced to buy something new. Yeah. yeah funny. We, we actually have a very... Speaking of our 100th episode, we have a very early episode specifically about that, about, uh, you know, sort of obsolescence in mobile devices and the security risks that come along with it. Um, One more down, one more smack. The the new Sono stuff, Doc, all has all has Alexa built in. It all has Amazon. Yeah, (laughs) you can't have a Sonos device without without it. I know. I don't think so. I think all their speakers now have it built in because it's part of their they can also be smart home hubs using the Alexa platform. And um, and they also have AirPlay built in, which is a weird dichotomy there. But anyway. Anyway, yeah, the sound quality is amazing. But but I won't lie about that. It's but did they fix that for you? They you did uh, there's two apps now. So there's Sonos S1 like and S2. Right. And yeah, we went to the same out, thing because all of our debacle. all of our stuff is S1. Yeah. And we have a and uh, you know, we have S1. Everything everything but one of my devices is S2 compatible, but if I want to switch to S2, which I have no idea even what the advantage is, I would have to throw away my $500 um Sub-over. Sonos 5 speaker yeah. that i bought because it does it just would no longer do anything so anyway i'm on ridiculous. s1 there you they go. didn't want they didn't want to keep the s1 app out there that that was in response to the massive massive like anger that was out that's there. good yeah hmm. good well they listened then that's, that's not the worst they did so i mean i guess that's good okay so we've you know gone a half hour into this now we we haven't arrived at our topic yet you <laughs> well know. you know honestly i i wanted this episode to be fun because and just like talk about whatever we're into because that's that's kind of it's kind of half of what we're about we have so some like, really great guests and we have we have some really great topics but sometimes we're just us and i think that's cool in a couple of weeks, I'll be like, what was that episode where Sean was frothing at the mouth over his speakers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like it. Um, so, yeah. So what the thing that we were really going to talk about, which maybe we'll, we can get to, um, is so, okay. So how this came out, uh, came about was offline uh, or not offline, actually, but, you know, uh, outside of our little recording call here, we were talking about a really interesting blog post by one of my favorite people who happens to be somebody that I work Your for, boss. I guess, in some indirect way, but it's Dries Boitart, who is the founder of the Drupal Project. Um, and he came out with a really interesting blog post about Web3 and kind of like a very, uh, let's say, call it a, an infant proof of concept um, for hosting very simple static sites uh, in a fully distributed decentralized manner. And I think that's interesting. And we happen to have a person, a guest, a regular guest on our podcast, one, one of the podcast family who is something of an expert in IPFS, 
which is uh, interplanetary file system. Um, and yeah, I thought we could kind of talk about it. So first of all, I will definitely link to this very interesting post, Dries, if you're listening. It's a great post. Um, <laughs> it is probably a good post. not it's listening. A really good post. Guy. Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's really you know it, it had all it. of us it... thinking and talking and and yeah. So we wanted to share that conversation with everybody else, he which is basically stock in Sonos. So like he's gonna like forget this. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with Sean. Don't listen to him. No, I don't think so. I don't he would ever think that about Sean. Um, so yeah, so basically what I'm hoping, so, so the title of it is uh, my first web three web page. And it's it's kind of a fun walkthrough of, of how um, he posted a very simple static site uh, using IPFS. And I wondered if Sean could kind of give us like, a very high level overview and summarize this this article for everybody for for people of all technical levels because frankly that's your greatest skill <laughs> is explaining very complex ideas to everyone you've uh, never you seen know. me juggle you, i don't know it's the explainer so i wondered yeah. if you could kind of give us a little intro so, to why this is cool why i yeah. think it's cool so ipfs in, in general is uh, the super quick i don't have a whiteboard in front of everybody version rather than uh, thinking of a file as being stored in a place, if you take a file and you take a hash of that file so that the, the hash itself is the contents of the file, and then you just refer to that file by its hash, okay? So uh, you're basically like, you're describing the contents of the file bit by bit in some like tree hierarchy hash that you get like a, a CID, but I, I won't go too deep into it. But anyway, you, you reference a file by this hash of the file, and it doesn't matter where that file exists physically, you just reference the file. And so uh, it, it exists everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So you say, okay, I'm going to point you to my, my um, HTML page, which is this hash. And then the IPFS, IPFS network is a peer to peer network that is global and the interplanetary part means it can be multi-planetary you know like we could have ipfs nodes on mars and the idea is that it goes out on the network and says who has the actual bits that this hash describes right who where where, where do these bits live and it assembles those bits from all the various nodes on the ipfs network that do or don't have that and now that's scary because you don't know how, like if it exists out there, right? So the concept is if you want to make sure it exists on the IPFS network, you pin it to your node. And so when somebody else is trying to get that hash, they go out in the network and the network says, uh, well, this guy has it pinned. And so then you get it from you, but also like a hundred people could have it pinned. So you get it from a hundred different people and it reassembles in real time to you. And so that's the, the idea of IPFS. There are some serious issues with implementation. It needs a lot of development work, but there's not a lot of money in it. So, you know, I, I think that's why we don't have um, IPFS being far more prevalent and, and used different places. So you're sort of, you're sort of reminding me of um, object storage uh, yeah. and how, you know, there's no such thing as a uh, directory structure concept of, you know, files, folders, things like that. Everything is, 
is essentially categorized by, by a hash. It, it, it's sort of like a flat file system without it being a flat file system. You know, you, everything is a hash and the way you access files is through this hash. And it doesn't matter where, like you said, that, um, that file resides. You just have to know where that hash points to. Yeah, that's, and that's kind of, and the hash it points to the IPFS network. And if you have all of that hash, all those bits that assemble into that complete file on your local node, you still access it through the IPFS network. It just happens to be no hops, right? It's just like almost instant because it's coming directly from you, but everything exists on the IPFS network. And that's how you store the files is you just have them come from the IPFS network. But yeah, exactly. It's object storage as opposed to file storage. So it's just mm -hmm. referenced by hash, not location. And then the, the other part of that, sorry, that there was two parts. So that's where the actual information is stored in the IPFS network. That's where the bits for his HTML page are stored. But the domain thing, the, the .eth domain is a blockchain-based DNS service. Um, do you remember Namecoin? Does anybody remember Namecoin? Yeah. That was a, yeah, so that was a, a, something that kind of fell apart. I don't think... It, it even is running anymore. I don't know, but it's the same kind of same kind of concept. It's just the the DNS information is stored on the in this case Ethereum blockchain. The problem with that is the Ethereum blockchain is currently so busy, and the Ethereum tokens or coins are so expensive that doing anything on the blockchain is absurdly expensive. Like to make a change to your DNS entry, it's like I don't know, fifteen bucks to make a DNS change, that's just unsettling. And could you, why would you need to make such a change in this in this scenario? Uh, Every time if, you update? Yeah, I mean, change your DNS stuff. Say he wants it to point to another hash. Say he makes an update to his HTML right. page. It changes so every the hash. time you do that, it could potentially cost you. 50 if you have to point it somewhere else, now there there may be some. There's probably some middleware in there that points to something else that points to something else. So you don't have to actually make a uh, a commit to the blockchain every time. But those are workarounds because right now the Ethereum blockchain is too expensive to use for things like that. Right. So, as a proof of concept, it's very interesting. I think. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah, it's awesome. I I hope that it gets more development uh, because. If you've ever downloaded a BitTorrent file, uh, you don't have to tell me. Just you know, it could be an Ubuntu ISO that you did. It. It's perfectly legit. Mm -hmm. um, it's so fast, right? I mean, BitTorrent technology, love it or hate it, that is just amazing. How you can saturate your internet connection without any problem. That's how IPFS should work, right? It's the same kind of peer-to-peer -peer technology, but they don't have a, a good backend code for all of the the chunking and the and the retrieval stuff. So it just needs it just needs help. And I'll stop. Okay. Sorry, I could really talk. All, no, all no, I, you know, that, that, no, that's, that's really good. You know, why we're here. We want you to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, uh, so I mean, we can talk. I, I actually would like to talk a little bit more about the hurdles, um, but let's assume in a perfect world, you could you could get over these hurdles and, and, and you know, maybe use something other than Ethereum or Ether whichever I don't like solana which is another yes. blockchain that is much faster and much cheaper exactly and much, yeah. so let's say you could address all of these issues um how 
could this be, what, what is this useful for? Why is this, why is this so cool? I mean, I think I have some ideas, but I'd, I'd rather hear your ideas from <laughs> Because it's decentralized. Okay. I mean, that, that's and, it. At the end of the day, it's decentralized. So let's say, so it seems to me that this could be potentially a good way to get around things that plague our planet, like censorship and centralized control, obviously, since it's decentralized, that, that is quite literally what it uh, avoids. But I'm just wondering yeah, if we could it, kind of think through some real world uh, scenarios where this might be particularly beneficial. Sorry, Doc, you were about to say something too. Oh, no, I, I was actually just going to say what you just said. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, maybe not obviously, I think a lot of people don't have any problem at all with centralization. They like centralization, actually. You kind of want some centralization. You want some bigness in the world. You just don't want to have to live there. And, you know, humanity ourselves are decentralized. We're not even decentralized. We're distributed. We're independent, which I think is a... Distributed still assumes that you're always connected. That was the way Paul Barron designed it in the first place. The, his, like, drawing of the internet uh, back in 1964 was, you know, there was centralized, which is a central point and a bunch of nodes and decentralized, which are many polycentric basically, but still with one central one and then distributed, which is there the little lines going between all the same dots. But beyond that is independent. And I think that's what we want to be independent. To me, that's what decentralization is about, actually about. It's about independence and getting, and getting agency and autonomy back. That's, that to me is what Dries did with that post is, is he, he showed his first whack at becoming independent. Um, a question I have, though, is a, a quick technical one. Um, how does one go and get an, an ENS and, or an ET? You know, he, he says he starts out with last year I minted by his last name, .eth. He purchased Dries ETH. Yeah. Okay, these you're not getting them from a domain name register. You're getting them from somewhere else. Where do you get these? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know the site. If you look, uh, cert, like literally Google for ETH domain, and it'll mm -hmm. take you to a site that you can actually buy a domain name, uh, and you have to pay in Ethereum. So you have to get Ethereum. Yeah, you know, like with an app like Coinbase or something. I mean, I think that's who did the Super Bowl ad, right? Coinbase. So uh, mm -hmm. Ethereum there, and then you just send them Ethereum, and it will. And it will do. It. I haven't done it, but that's that's the the way that you go yeah. about it. But but you're talking about decentralization. Uh, I'm going to make you fall in a little bit more love with IPFS because you said people like centralization, and I, I think that's true. Well, when, some people do. I'm not saying well, everybody does. But, it's you know. true when it when it can it can give you proof of good service, right? I mean, people host things on AWS because it's reliable and rock solid and fast, right? And mm -hmm. and scalable and all that those things. With IPFS, you could have a server running in AWS and all you do is pin the hash and all of a sudden they are hosting your IPFS content with the full, you know, power of, of their cloud. If they get taken down or there's a shutdown notice or you don't pay your bill, it's just unpinned. And then all of a sudden they're not providing it to the IPFS network. So you can pin something in multiple places, but it could be in a highly performant environment just by pinning that, that hash. So um, again, it, it's such an amazing concept that I truly hope continues to be developed. I, it's, it's the, it's the underlying foundation. It's the same people who came up with Filecoin. If you've heard of Filecoin, that's actually my day job. I, I run a bunch of Filecoin, um, 
nodes and multiple data centers all over the Western US. And uh, the underlying system there is IPFS because it's made by the same people. It's all open source, but I mean, it, mm. the same company is, is done and they and they raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh to do this and i don't i don't know i just wish ipfs was more robust because the idea is so amazing so anyway i'll get off my soapbox again oh that's not a soapbox <laughs> you're like the guy who knows who he's talking about which is yeah helpful yeah, that, that, we're doing a that's why remarkable i wanted to bring it up it. <laughs> yeah that's that's why i wanted us to talk about it because we you know it's a rare opportunity right for us to to um, dive into uh, this area of your expertise. So it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I think, uh, I, so, so I don't do, mean to- sorry, Do any ahead. of us own uh, a .eth? I do not. Do you, Sean? Did you no, I don't, I don't want to spend the money. What does it cost? So, I, mean, yeah, I, I, I really think to it's register cheap. one for a year, it costs like $15 in Ethereum gas. And I don't even know what the cost is, but- yeah. I, I just, I have domains anyway. I, yeah. I think it's a neat proof of concept. I'm not sure that it's um, something I'm ready to. And I mean, you have to use a, a browser that supports it too. So it, right. Which is yeah. brave today, right? Right. Brave does support it, which is, it's kind of huge, right? I mean, that, that is significant because it's not like some weird browser you have to like compile yourself or something. Uh, so that's cool. But I think brave has IPFS support built in too, which is neat. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know the, the domain registration part kind of cool. It's not the first of its type. There have been other things like, I, I don't even remember. I, I do own a couple, uh, I don't even remember. It's like unstoppable domains was one of the, I own a domain registered there. I probably spent Ethereum back in the day. Cause that was when it was, but that again, that, that concept isn't new. I just, um, it's not mature, but it's, it's not sexy enough. Right. I mean, well, it, it's IPFS not in, be, yeah. yeah. IPFS would be a great place to store yeah. NFTs, but people don't do it because that's not sexy. So anyway. Yeah. And NFTs are getting, just getting mocked all over the place so far. But I, I, I'm wondering, this is not so much about IPFS, but about some of the friction you were talking about within the trying to make this work level of the whole thing that Dries set up here. Um, whether the amount of oil burned to make a, a big blockchain work, a big public blockchain work, is just, it's just a, it's not so much a bridge too far, it's just a design flaw. You're just yanking too many chains at once. Um, I mean, you've got a distributed, I mean, the blockchain is a distributed um, database and it's distributed all over the place and all of them have to be updated. And that's just a lot of, I mean, people talk about the energy, but I'm just talking about the, the amount of bandwidth and other sources of friction that might be involved. Is it, there may be a workaround for it. I don't know. I'm not in it, but I, I can't help but wonder. Yeah. The, the newer blockchains, like, again, I, this isn't a, an ad for Solana either, but uh, they're moving away from the idea of proof of work where you just like, you know, crank mm -hmm. away with CPUs burning up yeah. so much electricity constantly like Bitcoin. Uh, they're moving away from that concept to proof of stake, which just means that if you have a lot of money, you have control because you have interest because you have a lot of money invested. Mm. So it's an interesting, uh, again, this, it's all new. I know, I know everybody says, oh, it's so new in the days of blockchain. Well, that's just true because we're trying to figure out what makes sense. And conceptually, some of it's neat, some of it's not neat, but. Yeah. Okay, listeners, tell us how it's working for you. 
<laughs> Curious to know if anybody actually bothers with this after listening to, to this, you know, um, or just after, just anyway, you know, we know Teresa's doing it. This one. <laughs> well, he's, he's, I wonder to what degree he's doing it. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, it's what he's an experiment done, on his part. Yeah. I mean, I did that, that too. There's a site out there. If you go to like some, some weird domain that is controlled by the blockchain, you can see like, hi, my name is Sean Powers. Welcome to my blockchain site or something that I made, but yeah, you know, I don't know if that's not the world that I'm living in, but. Well, it's a fun way to share sort of what's on the horizon, you know? Yeah. And, and the more potential. people that do things like that, there might be interest, right? Like I said, I think that IPFS as a concept is so remarkable and I just want it to work so much better than it does. <laughs> yeah. And always the voice of reason, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Right now, if you want performant, like downloads from the IPFS network, how you do it is set up a web gateway. And then you download things over standard web protocol from an IPFS node. It's kind of crazy. I, I have Which kind of defeats the purpose, I guess. Set up. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's like, so why don't you just host a web server? Shut up. It's using IPFS. It's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, too funny. Okay. Well, I thought it was pretty cool. It, it is um, pretty cool and it could get a lot cooler. That's the thing. I tried to, huh, we, we tried cool. to start a whole business model using IPFS as a backend for file distribution and stuff. And conceptually it was great. It was just getting it to work in practice. It, it was not ready for prime time and we weren't uh, ready to hire, you know, a team of developers to continue the process. So um, yeah, it's really cool and worth investigating. And I hope that it continues to get better. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the bottom line is I think it's, it, there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of desire to make a truly decentralized internet a reality. And when you have those two things, you know, yeah, um, potential and desire, you know, the rest just sort of comes with time, I think, hopefully. Um, but anyway, cool. Um, wow, we've, we've, we've almost hit our hour mark. I mean, with editing, we'll probably get it down to a digestible length, but, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, what else we want to talk video about? Once we get rid of all the say. nonsense. <laughs> no, Nine minutes and 53 no. seconds. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. Um, so yeah, uh, I kind of want to go back to the con conversation about home automation, but I think we should save that for a future episode. So can because... I can I mention things about uh, the future episodes that I want to be a part of? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that, what better time than, than at a, a milestone like number 100? Yeah, so um, you know that Google has eliminated their uh, G Suite, like the grandfathered in domains. If you had G Suite, how it's going to disappear completely. Like July 1st, I think is a cutoff. They will just disappear and they'll start charging you or just delete all of your stuff for those legacy G Suite accounts. What, have, what was G Suite? I've G Suite is like uh, where you have your own Google domain and like your Google Docs and stuff, but it's all hosted with your domain. At okay. one point it was Google apps. Oh, I think. I we, it, yeah. we had it for Linux journal, our mail or, you know, combine our shared documents, all of that sort of thing. It's yeah. So like corporate account. And it was free, Typically. right? I mean, at, at first it was free and then it was free for a limited time, like a limited amount of things and you could pay for more. And then the free option was completely eliminated. But if you already had, and that was like 2012, uh, but if you already had a legacy free G suite, they just let you keep it, right? You just couldn't do anything with it apart from what you were doing at the time. But anyway, 
they decided this this year that they're doing away with that. All those legacy G Suite uh, domains that have it's been free gone to the Google go graveyard with all yeah. those other things. Exactly. And wow. so what why that's pertinent here one i you know it's really frustrating that they just can do that because it's their stuff and if we have all of our email and all that stuff in their servers they can do whatever they want and that's disheartening but i am planning to move all of all of i think i have three no two three i have three google domains juice g suites things and i'm going to move those completely off i'm not going to pay them for the workspace thing but i'm going to start hosting like my own email servers and uh uh having kyle on the show and talking about the security and privacy issues around self-hosting i think would be a really fun episode i mm. agree you heard it here first yeah come back for that one <laughs> definitely come back for that so we've got home automation we've got self-hosting um how to escape from google legacy uh yeah, home automation with privacy in mind too, right? Uh, that's really yeah. the the key for that's me. A, that's I I don't a tough one. <laughs> yeah, but it's possible. I, I'm not kidding. I, I'm so impressed with how awesome it works in my house right now, and none of the home automation stuff requires the cloud at all. Like none of it. It's so cool. I love it. We need to do a whole episode on that. Yeah. Uh, because I think you know I having those that kind of functionality is really cool but you know what do you what do you do if you're not super comfortable having every little action that takes place inside your own house communicating with the cloud yeah and what happens if your internet goes out and you can't turn your lights on i mean that's well, that that would suck that's a practical i, I would be i would have been sitting in the dark for hours yeah. here yeah. <laughs> you know sean we... what you do is you make another youtube video and instead of breaking into your van show people how to break into your house and use your home automation Okay, can I tell a, a funny story about that? Please go for it. Maybe to end the episode. Okay, so I I've been doing home automation since before it was cool, right? And uh, one of the one of the first things we did is I have a smart lock. It's a quick set uh, Z Wave home automation connected deadbolt, right? And I also wanted to be able to turn on my lights with like Alexa, right? And so I hooked all the things up and it was really difficult to connect the lock to that system. And I couldn't figure <laughs> out why. And I finally did it because I'm Sean, right? I, I just made it work. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh I and know then, where this is going. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. If you stand outside my house, not anymore. But then if you stood outside my house and shouted, Alexa, unlock the front door. <laughs> Unlocked. <laughs> really? There's yeah, a reason yeah. that was not an option. Very good. There was a reason That's... it was tough. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. I was so proud of myself, too. I, like, made a virtual switch that unlocked and tripped an automation that unlocked something else. And then I just, you know, facepalmed myself after I stood outside and shouted <laughs> through the window, and it just opened right up. Now, you can lock it. I mean, that's totally fine. Oh, yeah. Alexa, and lock the door. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. And it absolutely worked. And I'm like, well, this is so stupid. Why couldn't I? Well, now I know. <laughs> too funny yeah. too funny yeah yeah that that video would have been a lot shorter right how yeah. to break into sean's house just shout alexa unlock just, the door yeah just ask <laughs> <laughs> all you had to do was ask <laughs> oh funny okay well on that note <laughs> until next time thanks for making it through a hundred of these with us maybe i mean if you've been there from the beginning probably somehow um hmm. and